Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. So this week we are going to England and I'm doing a very well-known case. Actually quite a newish case I'd say in some of the cases we do. It was 2010 so I feel that sits towards the newish cases rather than the older cases we do. But this is a very famous one and I'm assuming everyone has heard of it. So this week I'm going to be doing the case of Raoul Moat. Samantha, I take it you've heard of the case of Raoul Moat? I have, but the only reason I know about it is because months ago you said, oh, I might do this. And so I had to look it up. <gasps> I, I yes. looked it up. Yes, mm-hmm. you did. I remember being like, yeah, fine, I do Raoul Moat. And you were like, who? And I <laughs> Even thought my you brother were joking. Knew about it, and he hates all the stuff that we do. <laughs> so like that. He just hates something. us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nah, Samantha, you must, you're going to know this story when I tell you. It's one of those stories where I don't know why. It's just one that I feel like I knew loads about it. So actually research-wise, I knew it was happening. There was a really infamous thing that happened during the Raoul Moat case that I'll talk about later. That's probably a reason a lot of people know it. It's the reason I kind of know it because without bringing any like kind of humour to the case, it's like, it's obviously very bad what happened this bit is comical which sounds really funny but like there was something that happened that kind of tried to make a joke of the case but that's what I talk about because we were like nah remember when that happened but I'll get on to that and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about so this was thank you so this was 2010 and we're going to Northumberland and Rothbury and this was actually just weeks after the Cumbria massacre so Samantha you're probably like I don't know about this either so the Cumbria shootings were that is correct yeah that was the 2nd of June 2010 so bearing in mind our story is taking place in like July-ish time so when I'm saying it's like weeks after I mean it is like a couple of weeks after and a taxi driver um he was a lone gunman Derek Baird he killed 12 people and injured 11 others in Cumbria England so this was classed as like a, a mass shooting basically and it was a you know it was a kind of what's the word I'm kind of going for oh I can't remember the word like it's it's not a seat. never mind attack obviously but he used <laughs> the um, which was like a gun attack massacre thank you it's called the massacre but anyway I'll maybe cover that one day but this is on the back of this and to tell you briefly about Northumberland Northumberland is a county in northeast England and it just borders Scotland Woo! Uh, it's bordered by the Scottish borders to the north the North Sea to the east Townware and County Durham to the south and Cumbria to the west so as you can That's imagine Durham. That... sorry I said Durham Durham. Durham, sorry. Where's the Pink Panther from? Durham. 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 Right. Anyway. Go on with the story. So, so as you can imagine, that's why it's kind of a Geordie accent if anyone knows the story. Anyway, back to the story. Serious. It's got a population of roughly 319,000. Now, Raoul Thomas Moat was born on the 17th of June, 1973. He was brought up, sorry, mainly by his gran. His mum was in and out of mental hospitals as she had bipolar disorder. Um, He had a brother, Angus. Now, he worked as a tree surgeon and a panel beater. Now, I knew what a panel beater was, but Samantha, I take it, do you know what a panel beater is? No. I know what a right. tree surgeon is, if that's any help. Not what I was asking. <laughs> so a panel beater is someone who fixes dents in cars. 
So that's what he did. And he was also a bouncer. Oh. So from those jobs, tree surgeon, panel beater, bouncer, as you can kind of picture, Raul's a big guy. He's 17 stone and he's just under six foot four. Now, in um, July 2010, Raul was 37 years old. He has two children and a young baby with his current girlfriend, Samantha Stobart. The two children are from a previous relationship, just to ask. Um, absolutely. He was a bodybuilder and he spent some time like at some point rumoured to be using steroids, but I don't know if he was on them at this time. He was known from having a bad temper and bad temper, sorry, and angry outbursts, which was apparently because of the steroids, but this isn't confirmed. Now, Raul was arrested over 12 times and in early 2010, he was arrested and convicted for assaulting a nine-year-old child and his family. So he was sentenced to 18 weeks in prison. Just to confirm, this was not in any way sexual assault. This was a physical assault, um, which he denies, but he was sentenced to 18 weeks in prison. Now, when in prison, Samantha calls him two days before he was due to be released and ends the relationship. Now, when I say relationships, I'm kind of using ear quotations. Samantha's absolutely terrified of him. This is a domestic relationship. He is abusive. He treats her horribly. He had people watching her on the outside. He had his friend Carl Ness basically spying on her. I will come back to Carl Ness. Now, while he is in prison, it's basically over in Samantha's head. Um, and Samantha meets somebody new so she tells Raul that this is totally over and on the phone he begins the threats etc so Samantha lies and says that her new boyfriend is a policeman in the hopes that this will scare Raul off now she hopes this makes him not to do anything illegal but this actually does the like the opposite now before getting out of prison he totally changes he was quite quiet and nice to the guards in prison after but until after this call he couldn't sleep he told people he had nothing to live for he told a fellow inmate his plan was when he got out he was going to get a gun and shoot sam sam's new man sam's mum the social worker and the psychiatrist then he was planning on getting the police to shoot him now, the prison sent a warning to the police upon his release and said that it was kind of a worry that he was being released. He had made these weird threatening vibes, but that isn't enough to keep somebody in prison because that's the first thing that went through my head because they can't just be like, okay, sorry, we're extending your sentence. That's not how it works. But they can alert the police to say, look, I think you need to maybe keep an eye on him because he has made allegations that he is going to do things when he gets out of prison. However, the police didn't see him as a violent criminal as they'd only had the one charge. So they didn't really see him as like this violent criminal has been released from prison. So they probably didn't take it seriously as they should have. Now on Thursday, the 1st of July, Raul gets out and he posts on his Facebook, just got out of jail. I've lost everything, my business, my property. And to top it off, my last has gone off with someone else. Watch and see what happens. Now, I mean, that's a way to tell people you've got out. So that's the kind of mindset. I love Facebook stats. It's like that. It just... Yeah. I live for them. It's That's like Facebook mum business. Yep. So he posts that. And obviously people are like, right, okay, PM me. Um, but obviously that's what he's posted. So as you can kind of see, that's the mindset he is in. So his friend contacts him and takes him home. Now he goes to the hairdresser and gets his hair cut and he gets it cut into a mohawk. So this is how he looks. And this is probably the most famous pictures you see of Raul Moe. He has this mohawk. And this is when he goes back to Carl's house, Carl Ness. Now he calls Sam, but Sam refuses to speak to him. So Raul, his friend Carl, and their other friend, Sean. Sean's not his real name, but he goes by Sean. So I'm just going to call him Sean. Now the three of them just basically get on with the normal day they go and fix up a car get on with normal things Raul books a doctor's appointment for the following Monday and then he begins to kind of search into Sam's new boyfriend who is Chris Brown he taught karate so he found some people online and tried to like find local karate instructors near instructors nearby but he then goes out 
with Carl to locate him, but this shows a mindset he was in. They go out at night. They go out at like really late night slash early morning. So who's teaching karate at this time? Like all these places that have karate classes on, they're not going to be running. But that just shows no. the mindset and the desperation <laughs> he was in. So about 2 a.m. on Saturday, the 3rd of July, Raul goes to Sam's parents' house in Berkeley, Kingshead, to see Sam and the boyfriend, Chris. So he's found out that Sam and the boyfriend, Chris, have gone out for a night and they've gone back to Sam's mum's house, where Sam's mum, Sam's sister, Chris and Sam are. Now, he actually sits under the front window and listens to their conversation, which I think is huge alarm bells as it is. Now, he's not, I'm not sure what they were saying, but he sent Carl a message saying that they were slagging him off, which... I can't really blame them. Like, he's a bit of a rag and he's just got out of prison and they probably are talking about that, but I don't think they'd be slagging him off to the stage that he's probably made out. Raul then jumps up and fires through the living room window with a shotgun. Now, Sam's mum calls the police and Chris actually goes out to confront Raul in the street, which is a huge mistake as Chris is actually shot at close range with a shotgun and dies pretty much instantly. Sam is then shot through the window in the arm and stomach and is put in a critical condition. She has to get surgery and was taken to hospital. And after this, Raoul bolts, basically. And Raoul Moat goes on the run. Sam's mum's basically told him who he is, because Sam knows. Sam's mum phones the police and in the call, you can actually hear her shouting down the phone like it's Raoul Moat. So he's named instantly. He's got Sam's mum and sister are not injured, thankfully. So they've got clear witnesses of who it was. Raul then calls the police himself this in the early morning and tells them that he is planning to kill a police officer. Now, what I would like to make clear before I tell you the next part is this information was not passed on to the local police in the area at that time. So the call handler did not pass this on to the serving constables in the area at that time. So nobody was made aware that a threat had gone out to the police. So Pete... Well, that was a mistake. Well, exactly. Well, that was a huge mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. So PC David Rathband was sitting in his car stationary at the roundabout of the A1. 12 minutes after the call from Raoul, Raoul drives past and sees his police car. So he stops, gets out of the car, goes over to the window and shoots him at point blank range in the face. David actually said, I looked into his eyes and saw nothing, no emotion. Then I felt the pain full on in my face. I knew my right eye socket had just exploded and my eye had gone. So can you imagine... Being shot in the face, but with a shotgun at point blank range. So David, and he was able survived. To... Mm-hmm. He survived this. David was taken wow. to hospital. He had injuries to his head and upper body, and he was blinded by this attack. I'm going to go back to David Rathband later. If anybody's aware of him, you'll kind of know. But I will go back to him later. An hour later, Raoul calls the police again and complains that the police aren't taking him seriously enough. Now, by this point, of course, they have to take him seriously. Like he has done this so early hours of the morning a police conference is held and they actually talk to Moat directly saying they are taking him seriously and to maybe think of his children and his family while he's doing this this is when they also confirmed that Chris Brown had no connections to the police at all said this was a lie from Sam to make you not go near her etc but we don't know if Sam like if um, Raul sorry is getting this information because Raul's on the run and the police do not know where he is the public are warned not to approach him and to phone if he's seen. But of course, people are feeling panic as there's a gunman going around and he's threatening to shoot police. We're going two days later to Monday the 5th of July and extra officers are actually brought in from South and West Yorkshire, Cumbria and Cleveland. Police admit fault about getting the warning prior to his release as this um, could have been not prevented, but there could have been 
some more involvement potentially prevented yeah um but i will give them their due this is actually escalated to the police complaints board because the police do admit fault about the fact that they didn't really deal with the warning at all now sam is out of the icu but she is in hospital with guards at all time obviously now sam actually writes a plea directly to moat telling him to give himself up for their baby's sake and she admits as well she lied about the police as she was frightened now i don't know how much of this sam wrote it was probably a lot of police writing saying look this is what i think would be best to say to him but the fact that she's kind of put her name on it they're hoping will really like swing him round. Now, Sam's half-sister Kelly told the press that Raul had actually put a hit list on his Facebook page, including her, other family members and any police that got in his way, basically. So similar to like what he said in prison. Now, police then receive a 49-page letter written by Raul on the 3rd of July. Now, he clearly wrote this when he was in a bad mental state and he said that the public shouldn't fear him, but the police should. He said he won't stop until he's dead and he admitted that he did have issues. He said his children, house, job and partner had all been taken from him and there was no other option. At 10.50pm that same night, a chippy is robbed by Raul at gunpoint. Now, at first, I know what you're going to think, like, a chippy. But actually, I don't think he robbed it for the money. He's probably robbing it to survive because... From the looks of it, where is he staying? Nobody knows where Raul is. Like, he's ran off into the streets. Nobody seems to be hiding him. So he's actually, I don't think this was a financial gain. I think this was probably for food, money. On the 6th of July, the police found a car near Rothbury that was linked to Raul, and they find two hostages with the car. Now, they claimed Raul had taken them hostage and forced them to drive the car. Now, this was actually Carl and Sean. So Carl and Sean, the friends that helped him, are now saying they were hostages and held hostage by mm. Raul. I'm mm-hmm. sure. So the police took them in as hostages, but a couple of days later they were arrested as they saw them on CCTV, not as hostages, but as compliances, just walking around quite happily with Raul after the shootings. But they were like, no, no, we were <laughs> <Some> hostages. <people. laughs> I know, right? So police release a £10,000 award for Moat's capture. And over the week they use name a type of police they use it they use police armed police like 10 percent of everyone like all the police in england are on this police dogs snipers helicopters air force jets anti-terrorism team they're all pulled in and then they pull in ray mears sam do you know who ray mears is like are you aware of him is he the guy that like can stay in the forest and like hunt you and all that jazz could be talking nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, not to be confused with, what's his name, Bear Grylls, but yeah. very similar. So Ray Mears is a woodsman, instructor, businessman, author, and TV presenter, but his TV appearances cover, like, bushcraft and survival techniques. So he knows how to, like, live out in the woods, and he would do these programs, as you said. He's quite like Bear Grylls, but he's basically, like, they go out and, like, show you how to survive in the wilderness. So what they're thinking at this time is that Raoul Moat is living out in the woods. So they bring in Ray Mears to kind of go through his route to find, like, help basically find him in the woods and see, like, what he was using to live out there and, like, where about in the woods he was most likely stay, which is actually very cool. Like, what a good idea, but also, like, what a crazy person to pull in. Now, roadblocks are put on, in, like, at each side of the county, so you can't actually leave at all, so you're not able to leave Rothbury, basically. 
um, and regular car checks are being done just in case someone is trying to smuggle Raoul out. Now, another house is robbed nearby by Raoul and he didn't take valuables or money, but again, he took food. So, Samantha, I think we're probably both thinking the same thing here. Like, he is not robbing for financial gain. I think he's very much robbing to survive. Like, yeah, I think he's, he's very much... Yeah, because... I'd do the same. If you, if you were on the well, run. I wouldn't be in that situation. Right, good to know I'd, that I'd you wouldn't up. do that. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. But, yeah, like, I think he would... Like, I think it is very much probably food, probably even some shelter... Because if he's living out there, like it is England in July, it's not exactly tropical. Now, Moat keeps writing letters to the police saying he won't stop until he's dead and plans on destroying the police. Now, the police are obviously taking these letters seriously, but Raoul does seem to love to talk. And I think they kind of guess that he doesn't seem to be in a good mental state at all. So that's kind of a given. Now, a tip-off is made to police about Wagtail Farm. The owners say they saw smoke from a campfire, so he had been there recently. They also found a tent near a river, so it was quite isolated. And they find a letter from Moat to Sam, again saying how he'd been betrayed and how she made him feel, etc. They actually also found a dictaphone that he'd been using with over four hours of Raoul talking on it. Four hours of recording on a dictaphone. Mm -hmm. God, we we have dictaphones at work, but my God, four hours. Four hours of him no. just talking. If, I'm going to actually, I'm sorry to be rude, rambling. I don't think he was even talking. I think he was just talking shy, basically. Um, Pretty much. Saying that all the info was wrong, the press were in the wrong. He threatened to kill a member of the public for every inaccurate article posted about him. So every, every inaccurate article posted about him, he said he will kill a member of the public now david cameron what happened to him not oh. caring about the public he well was exactly only after the police come on man well exactly but i think i'll go on to the press in a wee bit because in a couple of days time something happens but give me a second now david cameron actually speaks it because david cameron was our prime minister back then cameron um, so he was <laughs> love um twat. so spoke at prime minister's questions saying how horrible the shootings were and sending well wishes to the police thank you david cameron now samantha's dad actually makes a plea as well referring to raul as son but i don't think he means like my son i think he means like Jordy, like why are you son kind of <laughs> so sorry about the accent oh, i think wow. that was, i think you need to make a public up. apology i'm sorry i'm sorry to anyone in from newcastle way but i think do you know how they use son quite a lot yeah, it's kind of like he... up here as well, though, I would I, say. I'm not, like, he uses it not as in, like, Raul, my child. I think he means it as, like, come on, son. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay, thank you. So asking him to come forward and hand himself in. Now, Rothbury is still under lockdown, and the police announce now that he is a threat to the wider public. Like, they have to take this threat about killing a member of the public for every inaccurate article seriously. Even if he is just talking shite, they need to take that seriously. And basically they have to think of a way to sort this because Mo is annoyed at the press articles and Raul is getting pissed off at this and because they keep posting things. Like, at this time, every single paper, and that's how I can't believe you don't remember it, Samantha, every single paper, every news article, the TV, it was just constant 24-hour programmes about Raul and about this manhunt because that's what it was. It was a manhunt. He was on the run. He was a threat to the public. It was absolutely everywhere and they're posting things about his childhood, about his mum, about his family, about the sentence he had in prison, calling him X, Y, and Z. So on the 8th of July, there was actually a media blackout. 
So the police make a tie with the media and nothing is posted about him. He's not mentioned on the news. He's not mentioned anywhere new. Like, of course, when articles are posted on Facebook or the news, they can be recirculated. So nothing's deleted, but nothing fresh is posted to hope that this will take that threat away. Now, please try and get the articles taken down. But of course, at this time, he is the top trending person on Twitter. He's all over the news. So there's nothing they can do about that. Now, while we're here, I'm going to take a kind of sidestep to talk about a different kind of news that was going around at that time. And that was actually for the fans quotation of Raul Moat. Now, there was actually Facebook pages set up in favour of Raul Moat that were calling him a hero. He was described as a hunk um, and people were in total agreement of what he was doing and totally agreed that to get against the police. And actually, he was wronged by the police. He was wronged by the jail and everything had been taken from him. And that was not his fault. So he had this weird kind of following. So we've probably seen that before, though, haven't we, Samantha? Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of crazy, though, like even serial killers, murderers or any crimes and stuff, there are people that are like number one fans or just you know ted bundy for example that's exactly that's mm-hmm. the exact example i was going to use we have all these girls that are like oh, wouldn't mind if ted bundy kidnapped me well you would because yeah he's an attractive man but he is going to kill you in a horrific yeah, way exactly so i think there was a lot and you know the whole thing like the dammer fans or the manson followers i think it's a very weird thing that people idolize these people and with raul didn't seem to be fangirls as such but it did seem to be these people that were totally agreeing with the kind of attack against the police so there's been six days of Raoul on the run now police reassure locals but Rothbury are of course worried like I'm not being funny the police can reassure you but you're going to be shitting it like walking along to work if you if we got told there was a gunman in Edinburgh that was threatening the public you would be uh, just be like I'd be like I'm locking my doors I'm staying inside goodbye <laughs> or we'd have that awful toxic trait of it's fine I can it's fine. what's the worst that's gonna happen yeah so exactly so yeah so Raul is actually seen on CCTV as well so they release fresh images of him showing him what he's wearing he's got that infamous mohawk just so the public remember because a lot of the photos that are being printed of him are like his mug shot or photos of him years ago so it's better to have that fresh image of what you are actually looking for on the 9th of July, the residents are now told to stay indoors. So you're fine, Samantha. You can stay You can stay inside. So on the 9th of July, the residents of a local area at the Cragside Estate in the parish of Cartington, I think it is. Sorry, another pronunciation that you'll all be like, me, me, me. But that's where I think it was. Um, and there is a cordon made as Raoul Moat has been found. And he is in a hostage situation surrounded by police. No, I don't think that's the right word. I don't think he is. A, no, there is no hostage, sorry. He's in a... <laughs> what's the word oh it's not hostage sorry negotiation <laughs> sorry Just he's in a negotiation kind of the same similar yeah he is still very much alive Mo is on his knees with a shotgun to his head now the negotiators give him food they give him water and his best friend tony comes along to try and speak to him and say look raul there's still things that can happen and they've got the negotiators in and they are having conversations with him and trying to keep him on side as well and in classic Raoul Moat fashion he is talking he's not in silence he is talking he's saying a lot of things and this is when it happens so Samantha I don't know if you remember this but this is the part of the Raoul Moat story which is unfortunately the part that is mostly remembered and it does add this horrible kind of humour joke side to the whole case which is not funny but Paul Gascoigne turns up. So Gaza is what he's nicknamed. Gaza turns up. So and 
if you're Samantha, I don't know if you're aware who this is. Is that a footballer? Yeah, so football right. icon Gaza <laughs> turns up to the police cordon, <laughs> off his face on coke, drunk, and expresses he wants to speak to Raul. Of course, he's told no, but he wants to speak to Raul. And he turns up and he's, dre- he's in his dressing gown. He's got a jacket, a chicken, some bread, some lager, and a fishing rod. And he's shouting, <laughs> all a chicken. And he's shouting, all I want to see is Moti. It's Gaza. Where are you? And I guarantee you'll shout, Gaza, I'm here. This didn't obviously get to happen. However, five years later, Gaza actually <laughs> does speak about this and says he'd been drinking, taking multiple lines of, of cocaine as he was going through a heavy drug use period. And he became increasingly convinced that he had a close friendship with Raul Moat. So he thought he could get through to them. However, there was no friendship between Gaza and Moat. He was just so off his face that he was adamant he was friends with him. But he wasn't. That's something so, that would keep you up at night. You know, when you're like 10 years uh, later, you'd think right. of that and you'd be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. We've all had the fear like you've woke up the next day. He woke up the next day with no recollection. He saw it on the news. No way. He had Sometimes no recollection. Sometimes that's the best. So this know? is the part of the story that people talk about. Like, honestly, you can't go over it. Like, it just every time you talk about it, I've actually got a good friend. She's going to go over them. She's going to start crying. I've mentioned her on this. I've got a good friend, Ilona, and her mum, Karen. Uh, Karen cuts my hair. And we always, like, at this time of year, be like, remember, remember Gaza turned up to Rahul Mo? But it is. It's just this part of the story that you're just like, what the fuck? Like, wh- what? And it is. It, it's just... Yeah, and it really brought a humour to a really serious story, which isn't fair. So anyway, I'm moving on from Gaza because you could talk about this whole... This could be an episode in itself, Gaza's fucking turn up at the cordon. But I'm moving on. So he's still in a negotiation situation and the police have surrounded him. They've actually managed to get about seven metres away, which is pretty close. And they've got these big lights on him. So actually they can see him, but not vice versa. So he doesn't kind of see the police and who he's talking to. Now, there is loads of photos of Raoul in this position. You've probably seen them. That was the kind of horrible part as well, Samantha. It was all over the news and the press had photos of him in the hostage, like in the negotiation position where he is like on his knees and he's got a shotgun to his head. Like these photos were like released and live at the press. Now, he starts saying like, tell the kids and Sam I love them. And the police are like, obviously they want him alive to charge him, but obviously they're trying to talk him through it. But, He's admitted he's hardly slept. He slept about three hours in the last week. So he is going a bit insane. Um, and he says he didn't want to live in jail the rest of his life, which totally makes sense. Like, this guy is going down for life. Easily, he's going down for life. And he doesn't want that. Now, the police attempt to taser him to release the weapon. But within a matter of seconds, he actually shoots himself. And Raoul Moat kills himself at the scene. He was shot, basically, directly in the head with a shotgun. An ambulance arrives and takes him to Newcastle General. And he was pronounced officially dead at 2.20 a.m. Now, they found that he was actually living in a tunnel, which was under this area, like almost under the water, under the whole town, really. So that's how he was able to get about without being seen. He was hardly seen on CCTV. He was hardly caught. This is why, because that area had like no cameras or anything like that. His cause of death was confirmed as a gunshot wound to the head. And a three-week inquest was actually done, but officially released on the 27th of September. And it was confirmed that his cause of death was suicide. Now, the reason I have to confirm that is it was a bit of an issue because Raul was shot twice by the tasers and there was a bit of an argument of, like, did this then cause him to pull the trigger? Like, would he have killed himself or was that because of the taser, because the shot going up his arm? There was a bit of a controversy about this because it came out that the type of taser that was used, it's like a set specific type of taser that operates without wires. Do you know if you taser somebody and those wires, like, stick to them? These ones don't. 
Now, these tasers, the company that supplied them, they were under testing and the company breached their license by giving them to the police as they hadn't been officially approved for use. So the Home Secretary at this time, Samantha, who was the Home Secretary in 2010? Oh, was it Theresa May? It was Theresa May. Theresa May. um, Sorry. Theresa May obviously revoked the license and the 1st of October 2010, Peter Bookman, the director of this company, actually committed suicide due to the taser issue um, because he felt so, so guilty and so ashamed. He was a very proud man and he can't believe that he had breached his licence by giving it to the police. They hadn't been approved for use and they've potentially killed this guy. Now, I personally, I think it's absolutely awful and he must have felt horrific, but I feel like you'd feel worse if it was someone that wasn't Raoul Mott. Is that just me? Like if it was kind of yeah, like, but like, I guess you know his connection to it as well. Though he created it, he did this, so he's got a deeper connection to this. So I think any life, he's kind of like, oh shit, this is not my fault. And then your your mind starts playing tricks on you. You know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But totally. also, I kind of think Raoul, he probably just pulled the trigger anyway. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, Carl and Sean. Go back to good old Carl and Sean. They were both arrested with conspiracy to commit murder, possession of a firearm. And now they were charged and convicted with assisting Moat with attempted murder, possession and the conspiracy and robbery as well. Now, the evidence used against them was actually the hostage letters. Now, another part that you don't want to laugh, but you're just like, you're an idiot. They both wrote kind of letters saying like, I've been taken hostage, please help me kind of thing. But Sean wrote this letter and then Sean wrote another letter to his sister saying, it's fine just my friend don't worry about it I'm absolutely safe me and Raul are just off doing something please burn this letter once you get it and she didn't good on her she gave it to the police so Sean shot himself in the foot good so Samantha would you like to take a guess because we're found guilty on what sentences Carl and Sean got um assisting a murderer so maybe what seven years in prison okay is that your final guess yeah, I feel like I'm going to be completely wrong and it'll be no, like no. a pat on the head, not a pat on the head, <laughs> a tap on the hand, but like, yeah, seven okay. years. Okay, both Carl and Sean were given life sentences with a minimum of 40 years. Fuck off. Now, I want to discuss it because I'm not saying what they did wasn't wrong, but I think this is because somebody had to be found guilty of this. And Raul's dead. Yeah. So I think the police were like, we need to do something here to show that, that we are taking this seriously. And I think if Raul was still alive, you're right, they would have got a few years. But I think they've both, they're both still in prison. They've both been given life minimum of 40 years because somebody had to years. pay. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've spoken about so many serial killers, murderers, rapists, child killers, blah, 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 who have had like a minimum of 15, 20 mm-hmm. years. But yeah, I think you're well, right. They won't Someone's get out to get the blame until earliest 2050. They've still got over 25 years left in their sentence. That's awful. So but again, obviously totally, they did yeah, bad yeah. things. They did bad things, absolutely. But I think this was the police having to blame somebody. And I think because Raoul wasn't here to take the fall as such. Now, the last person I kind of want to speak about just as this case comes to an end is David Rathband, the police officer that was shot in the face. Now, he was blind and obviously lost his job because of that. He couldn't be a serving police officer anymore. His brother set up a charity helping 
like police that are injured in the line of duty, like supporting them, helping them with the trauma and everything off it. And David played a huge, huge part in that. He was absolutely great, really loved it and put a lot of like effort and positivity into it. Whereas behind the scenes, it was obviously very different. Now, him and his wife had split, and I think he obviously had a lot of mental health issues because of this. And unfortunately, in February 2012, he hung himself um, because of the injuries that were inflicted to him by Raoul Mott. So, again, I kind of go on to the part of Gaza, and as much as that was all funny and everything, Raoul killed Chris Brown. He is the reason that David Rathband's dead, and also the guy with the taser. I know it's not fully, but that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this case, maybe. So, definitely two lives were taken at the hands of Raoul Mo, which I think is horrific. Um, I think what he did was awful, and it annoys me that the whole um, Gaza thing kind of makes a light of it because this was absolutely atrocious. Um, there's a really good programme that came out recently, um, and it was um, there was two different programmes, actually. Um, there was one that was like a dramatisation of the Raoul Moat story, um, which I think it was either called the Raoul Moat story or the hunt for Raoul Moat, which was really good. That's a couple of parts. And then there's actually one that came out really at the same time, which is like a real life documentary version of it. Both are really, really good. Um, so I would recommend watching them. But yeah, that is the case of Raoul Moat. Samantha, did you learn anything there more than you knew before? Yeah, I learned the whole story. Like... I've never heard of it in my life, which is awful. You're unbelievable. I know. I was probably watching High School Musical or something, but I mean... I forget like, you were very young. Well, we're, there's only a year between us, but yeah. <laughs> I'm an old woman. <laughs> um, it is crazy, and he killed, let's just say, three people. Three people are dead at his hands, and it's ridiculous. It's annoying as well that obviously... He took the death way out of status serving his time. But then again, mm-hmm. that's another debate and story. Like, it's just crazy. And those people that got 40 years, they should, they do deserve jail time. But mm-hmm. 40 years, maybe, maybe yeah. not that. Because they I didn't think, kill anyone. No, totally. I think the police did mess up with not taking the, the warning seriously. I really do. Um, and I think that is why they got such high sentences. Because actually, this could have all been prevented if they had taken him seriously and I think that's the worst part when you watch the documentary series and when you listen to that like I kind of thought Raul was just an angry ex that went wild and no one expected it but this could have been prevented if something was done um and I don't know why it wasn't 